read and hear more about important news, events, and public policy debates at ncnewsline.com. This is News and Views. Welcome back to News and Views. I'm Rob Schofield. As we discussed in our previous segment with respect to the subjects of elections and abortion, when North Carolina Republicans obtained veto-proof supermajorities in both the State House and Senate in 2023, it unleashed a wave of conservative legislation that had previously been bottled up. And another field in which this was especially obvious was public education. As I was reminded in a recent conversation I had with my colleague NC Newsline K-12 education reporter Greg Childress, the conservative push to remake public schools has had many components, but two in particular stood out. One, the culture war agenda that gained the most attention with the passage of a controversial bill known as the Parents' Bill of Rights. And two, in the continued expansion of so-called school choice laws that make school vouchers available to families of all incomes and that open the door to even more rapid expansion of charter schools. Well, Greg Childress, welcome back to News and Views. Happy New Year. Good to have you back with us. Happy New Year to you, Rob. Good to be with you again. Another momentous year in public schools debates in North Carolina. Lots of high-profile issues from culture wars, funding, privatization of the public schools. I guess let's start with just a a quick overview of where things stand in terms of the privatization agenda. We have seen that our public schools have been pretty much flat-funded, small bumps in education. Teachers still pretty unhappy with the funding that's there. Lots of new funding going to private school initiatives like vouchers and charter schools. Talk to us about some of the developments there. It has been an interesting year in public education in North Carolina. Uh, We've seen this major expansion of school choice options for parents. And one of the biggies this year, you know, and and if you think about it in terms of athletics, uh, if Republicans and Democrats would plan the Super Bowl, and public education was a trophy. Republicans have it this year. They've just had a lot of big victories. We talked recently about the Parents' Bill of Rights that was pushed through. And that bill requires teachers to notify parents if their child changes their name or pronouns at school and also restricts instructions on identity and sexuality in K-4 classrooms. And there were lots of big debates about that, you know, during the legislative session over the summer. Democratic lawmakers and LGBTQ advocates see the new law as an attack on LGBTQ students and their parents. They worry that students who do not have supportive parents at home could be harmed if they are outed intentionally or unintentionally by their teacher or other educators. But Republicans, they have an argument. They argue that parents have a right to know any and everything about their kids, regardless of circumstances. But part of what that law has done was created an administrative nightmare for school districts. I covered back, I think it was in September, Chatham County School Board meeting, and the administrators talked very passionately about the extra work that they had associated with Senate Bill 49. It's a law bill that uh, the law derived from. They talked about the extra administrative work, and it was coming at a time when kids were returning to school from the summer, and so they had all of this extra work. But that is only one of the bills that targeted LGBTQ students. There was also one that bans gender-affirming care for minors and and another that prohibits uh, transgender athletes from competing on girls' sports teams. And all three of these laws were vetoed by Governor Cooper, but Republicans had a veto-proof majority and were able to push them through. So I'm sure heading into 2024, we'll be hearing more about the Parents' Bill of Rights and the other bills that target LGBTQ students. 
Yeah, it was striking. We talked about this with Joe Killian, another Newsline reporter, about the fact there's a bit of a contradiction here in that you have legislation that's about championing parents' rights to know every detail of what a child might say to a teacher, have that information, especially as it relates to gender identity. And yet we had the ban on gender-affirming care, which prohibits gender-affirming health care for young people, even if the parents and doctors and therapists and everybody are all agreed it's absolutely necessary. A bit of a contradiction there, but clearly it's to folks on the political right and the culture war agenda that they're pursuing, they see that as consistent, which is generally hostility towards LGBTQ people and and the whole idea that people might identify in that way. And so we'll stay tuned to that heading into the new year. And another biggie that stirred a lot of controversy in 2023, and and, and I'm sure there'll be heated discussions about it as we move ahead into the new year, is the uh, Republican-backed expansion of the state school voucher program to allow even the state's wealthiest families to partake in, in the school voucher program. And essentially what it does is help families pay for private school tuition. And interestingly enough, that program was started about 10 years ago, and it was designed to help low-income families whose children were in struggling schools pay private school tuition. But the vouchers will be available now to parents who even, you know, if you have like a million dollars sitting in the bank, you you still get state help to send your kids to private school. So that was a big point of contention between Republicans and Democrats uh, during the legislative session. So this is essentially just this move in North Carolina to provide as many school choice options as possible to parents. I was just recalled of Gladys Robinson, a Guilford County Democrat, discussing this on the House floor. And, and, and her quote was, hey, let me be clear, we're using public taxpayers' money to subsidize private schools for wealthy people. And she said they didn't even ask for it. And, it's, and that's not because they asked for it. It's simply because you want to give it to them, which, which I found kind of hit home and kind of laid it all out. But the expansion of the school voucher program expansion calls for the state to put $500 million per year into the Opportunity Scholarship Program by 2031. That's a lot of dollars going to private schools. And I'm sure the uh, Leandro advocates will, will have a lot to say about that as we move into 2024. We're talking with NC Newsline education reporter Greg Childress about the 2023 policy debates over public education. And as you alluded to, big new appropriations for school privatization efforts like school vouchers, maybe even now sort of the ironically and maybe not so accurately named Opportunity Scholarship Program, because it uh, it's an opportunity for everybody, regardless of their wealth. And at the same time, our public schools continue to have teacher shortages and, and struggle with a lot of basic funding issues, bus drivers, cafeteria workers, hard to find enough money to pay them. It does seem to be quite a, a bit of a contradiction there. And it's probably worth noting that these aren't necessarily new battles. A lot of this legislation was proposed in the past, but the big difference this year was that the Republicans could override a gubernatorial veto, right? Yeah, that, that's absolutely correct. And it's been talked about a lot. I'll just use the Charter School Review Board that was created with House Bill 618. It was sponsored by Representative Tricia Cotham of Mecklenburg, who was a Democrat, but uh, decided to switch parties. So she joined the Republican Party and quickly gained her conservative bona fides by pushing through a lot of bills that Republicans have been unsuccessful with in the past. But given that they now had a veto-proof majority, these bills became law in the fall. Representative Cotham is a school choice advocate, probably one of the biggest advocates in the state on that end. 
And, and then she contends HB 618, which essentially wrestled away power from the State Board of Education when it comes to charter schools. That board replaced the uh, Charter School Advisory Board, which only made recommendations to the State Board of Education, and the State Board of Education uh, had the final say and charter renewals, charter revocations, the granting of charters. But now that authority belongs to the Charter School Review Board. And so she made that possible. She sponsored that bill, and she led the charge for that. That bill also was vetoed by Governor Cooper, but the uh, legislators were able to override that. What's happening here is we're transferring the authority to decide when there will be charter schools, when new ones will be granted, to a group that's basically comprised of charter school advocates. Yes, and so already the Charter School Review Board has made some controversial rulings, uh, one one being the, the one involving Heritage uh, Collegiate Charter School. The former advisory board gave that application glowing reviews and its leadership glowing reviews and its board of directors glowing reviews, but the Charter School Review Board denied the application. And surprisingly, but maybe not, the, the review board is essentially made up of the same people who are on the advisory boards. I'm still trying to find out what happened there, why people had to change your heart about that school. We'll keep knocking on that door heading into 2024. Charter schools will be front and center again throughout your reporting yeah, in the coming yeah. years. As we've talked about before, it's uh, it seems to be the centerpiece of the school choice movement here. And and now you, you have this charter school review board. And there's some rumblings in the wings of, about how this is going to, uh, this charter school review board, which has all of this authority now, and all this power will favor the large charter school management organizations over the private, individually run charter schools. So there's some concern about that. Some board members have even commented about how more difficult it is for a private board to get a charter approved without having the money and the resources. One board member has advocated for the state funding startup costs for charter schools. That debate will be a hotly debated and, and contested one. We're coming to the end of our time with Greg Childress, education reporter for NC Newsline, looking back at the year that was and the year ahead. And, and perhaps we should conclude by pointing out that there will be an election in 2024. There'll be lots of things on the ballot for North Carolina voters, but one of them will be the superintendent of public instruction office in which Catherine Truitt has been there for four years now. What are we looking forward to there in, in March and November in the uh, superintendent's race? But it's shaking up to be, you, you have an uh, incumbent, Captain Truitt, a Republican, and she's been challenged on the Republican side. She's been challenged by Michelle Morrow. She's been described as a former nurse turned stay-at-home mother and homeschool teacher from Cary. And she gained a lot of notoriety in, in 2022 as this far-right conservative Wake County Board of Education candidate. And she was endorsed by some uh, fairly conservative groups who some consider far-right organizations. And there are three candidates on the Democratic side. The uh, noteworthy one is Maurice Green. Most people know him as Mo Green. He was first black superintendent of Gifford County Schools and formerly the leader of the Z. Smith Reynolds Foundation. And the other two are Keenan Crumble of Clayton. He's a Wake County educator. And Katie Eddings, a, and she's a Lee County personal finance teacher who lives in Sanford. And she's a 20-year veteran of the classroom. So... You have some educators jumping into the mix here, and I'm sure it built spirited election. Catherine Truitt has supported school choice, and, and, and she's faced a lot of criticism for that, for being the superintendent of public instruction. 
But yet she tends to favor the conservative school choice approach to education, and she's very vocal about it. So I'm sure that will be a major topic of debate as this election proceeds. Greg, thanks for all you do for us. Happy New Year. It's good to have you with us, and we'll uh, undoubtedly be checking in again in the new year. All right. Well, thank you, Rob, for having me, and Happy New Year to you. Coming up next, a look at how the human rights of LGBTQ North Carolinians were targeted and limited in 2023. Stay with us.